Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Pat Prescott. Welcome to This Lady Loves Sports. Today, our special guest, Jeffrey Osborne. That's Jeffrey Osborne, and that's what people know you for, Jeffrey, is that incredible voice you have and all that great music, those hits that, you know, we've been listening to for like 30, 40 years yeah. now. <laughs> Would yeah, you tell I, you something I about how back old we all bit. are? <laughs> We're going all the way, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Jeffrey, I, I wanted to have you as a guest on my podcast because uh, we are sports buddies, right, and I'm bringing exactly. a lot of my sports buddies along for the ride. And I know for you, as someone who's lived in L.A. for a very long time, much of your adult life, you are somebody who's a huge Laker fan, Oh, you? yeah. Been a huge Laker fan uh, ever since I moved to L.A., which was 1970. But was what interesting enough, uh, Magic Johnson's rookie year, uh, he loved LTD. So he asked us to come and perform in Lansing, Michigan on his birthday, which is in July, before he reported to the Lakers. So we went up and performed for him. And from that moment on, we became like, you know, best friends. And uh, I started doing the anthem for the Lakers. And uh, 32 years in a row, I've opened their season. And uh, I sang most of the championship games. And I got like six championship rings from the Lakers. So I became, Boy, that was easy. I was, you didn't have I, to even bounce a ball. Huh? I, I, <laughs> and I became their good luck chum. So every big game, they called me to do the anthem, uh, and it was uh, it's it was just it was fascinating to have a relationship like that with a, with a sports team. Yeah, it is. I, I don't know. know that anybody else does. And you know, you're you you are legendary in that. Um, you, I don't think they've have they lost ever. When well, they you, when they you have s- lost, you sang? know, because it's been a million games that I've sung. But uh, it started, you know, when I started. It was like the first 15 times I've sang, they never lost a game. So they started saying, oh, wow, something's going on here. <laughs> this. So I think I got to about 40-something games before they finally lost one. But I, very rarely did they lose when I sang. So it was it was kind of magical. Yeah, so, so, I, so I guess you haven't been doing much singing for the last couple of years. I haven't huh? done it, no. I did <laughs> they've been open, doing a lot I of losing. I opened the season this year. Yeah, they've been <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know we, me. I'm a, I'm an old we, Knicks fan, so I have no sympathy oh, for anybody right. that's worried about losing anything. Well, the, the well, you know, are, when I came out here, you know, I was a staunch Knicks fan. I was like, and this is when the Lakers were rolling with Kobe and Shaq, and oh yeah, you know, winning those back to backs and everything. 
saying, I'm trying to be a Knicks fan with nothing to cheer for. <laughs> you know, and so after a while, you finally give up. You know, you get tired of hating the team right. that wins all the time. That's and, true. you know, you couldn't help but fall in love with Shaq and, and feel how you want to feel about Kobe. Um, you know, just... The you you cannot deny his greatness. Oh, he's a you winner. Know, his, you had to winner. admire yeah. him. Yeah, he's a winner. And so then I became a Laker fan. Oh, you and flipped. now the Lakers suck. So there you, you go. Flipped. Okay, <laughs> that's how well, that see, goes. See, I grew up in Providence, Rhode Island. So uh, the team back there, of course, was the Boston Red Sox and the New England Patriots. And uh, now you know I'm a Yankee and, fan and, and a Giants fan. And I didn't fan, like sorry. any of those teams. <laughs> oh, you I didn't? Did, no, I never was a Red Sox fan. I never was a Patriots fan. I was actually a Knicks fan when I lived in Rhode Island, but I had issues with Boston. Boston was one of those towns I yeah. couldn't root for Boston, so it wasn't the players because I loved the players. But uh, then I came to LA, and with my relationship with Magic and the rest of the Lakers, I, I became a, a staunch Laker fan, and they did not like that back in Rhode Island where I came from. Oh, that was kind of too you know, bad. Huh? They don't. They don't like that. <laughs> But yeah, that but I'm, that happens, you know. Exactly, it does yeah. happen. And and for you, for somebody who comes from a place like Rhode Island that doesn't have professional teams right, of exactly. its own, you know, you get the chance to just pick who's good or whoever you really like right. and, and go with that. <laughs> but the the history of the Lakers has been really interesting, and and I'm interested in what you're thinking now with Magic at the helm. Mm. You know, you kind of feel like because you've seen this thing go full circle. Yeah, you saw I have. when Magic was first here I and have. first started. Yeah. You know, you've been friends with him through the whole. Uh, the the whole AIDS thing and just everything, yeah, exactly. so much that he has been through and the, the great accomplishments he's made as well. What do you What are you thinking about uh, the ne- the coming seasons for the Lakers? Well, you know, I know that this is uh, the one dream job he's ever wanted, and so he's really serious about making this team a very competitive and a, another championship team. And uh, I see maybe two years before we start becoming like seriously competitive. I think this year is a big year. I think they got to bring in a really good veteran player, uh, someone like a Paul George to get this ball rolling. Uh, you know, there's been talks about LeBron, but there's, you know, they have now a lot of space to bring people in and they have a good young core of players. I think uh, with the players they have now with the, you know, having, Having Alonzo Ball and Alonzo Ball and a Brandon Ingram mm-hmm. and uh, you know they got uh, Russell. I mean they got some really good players now that I think they can build around. Uh, but they got to get those two important veterans in to help these young people along. And I know Magic's passion it it's going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. So I'm sticking it out because I'm thinking two years from now I think we'll be in a great spot. Yeah, I think that the young players, uh, the other thing they bring to the table is that they don't give up. This is something I noticed during this last season. They lost some games, but they fought till the end. And I think that's kind of what you want. They're going to need that to be able to attract a veteran to come to know that they got a good core of people they can play with. Yeah, you got people with heart. I mean, and, and Kuzma, wow. I mean, to, oh, grab, get, to get a rookie <laughs> like Kuzma. Yeah, he's serious. <laughs> I was sorry to see Larry Nance Jr. go, though. Right. Like yeah, Larry, Larry was and a Clarkson good, good too. I like both Clarkson, of them. Right. But if LeBron comes, they may come back. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, you got to give something to get something, you know. So I think uh, they're just making space uh, to uh, allow for them to get the, the big – the big names that we need here and that we're used to having here in L.A. Yeah. You know, one thing with Magic, we we all know about his 
his uh, basketball acumen and and right. who could be better at at knowing the game and analyzing it and being able to break it down. But I would have to think that the business experience that he has had makes him uniquely qualified for what he's doing right now with the Lakers. Oh yeah, without a doubt. And uh, you know uh, the difference to me with Magic being in the position that he's in is he's one of those guys that will sit at every practice. He goes down to every practice and he watches these guys and he watches how they compete. And I know what he he's one of those guys, if somebody doesn't show him the fire in the heart or doesn't want to put in the time practicing, oh, that strikes against them right away. And I know from inside that that's why a couple of guys aren't here because he just didn't feel like they gave it up and they weren't serious enough, you know, putting their time in. Because look, look at the players from back in the day. I mean, they were dedicated players. They put time in. They they honed their craft. Today, it's like everything else. I think everything's relative. Now, a lot of these young people are getting paid so much money that they feel they've already made it. They don't want to put the time in. They don't want to get better. They don't want to dedicate themselves. And uh, I see that's what you can see that in, in the league itself. It's just not as competitive. And then they've made it softer. I used to, I hate that. With you can't touch a guy, right? Yeah. I mean, back in the day, like Magic <laughs> used to say, you come down the middle, you're going to pay for it. <laughs> Not anymore. They we, can just walk through. <laughs> you touch right. him, it's We, we saw that happen a right? lot, you know. But another thing is happening, I think, with Magic being around the team is that we are seeing the Laker alumni show up. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody's oh, yeah. out there. I know Kobe Bryant. I'm so glad to see that he's exactly. been contributing. Some, you know, it seems like Kobe became like a real person. Since it's he, wasn't he got it amazing to, to see him win an Oscar? And that was so funny. That's <laughs> <was> like amazing. <laughs> but uh, I love that he's giving back that way. If you see yeah. this thing that he's doing, oh, the uh, details, the, the details, things, things on the he he's got a, he's brilliant. His mind, he's, he he's a basketball mind. Yeah. And anybody that's willing to sit at his feet and listen is going to learn right, a lot. Because exactly. he did that with Magic and with the other guys. Right. Happy to see Kareem around, too. I don't yeah. know why. What they a, I don't know about that dancing with the stars thing, though. That's kind of interesting. You know, you know, Kareem is is open minded, dude. You know he is. That. He is. He's he very open minded. But you know, he's 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 not as agile as he used to be. <laughs> Actually, Kareem came to uh, uh, my. Uh, we were talking about I have a celebrity uh, golf tournament, and I have a softball game. And Kareem came and played in the celebrity softball game, and uh, it was funny. He wanted to play first base. But he couldn't bend down and get any, any of the balls that was thrown to him. <laughs> well, he's going to definitely he's have such problem a great dancing. Spirit. That's oh, it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. He got, he, he got through that first week. <laughs> you know, what, one more thing about the Lakers, and then I want to talk a little bit about your golf game. Because oh, okay. you do have game. I, and this well, I, know for I, I a fact. play golf. I don't know how much game I got. Yeah, right. He's, he's <laughs> modest, that's right. for sure. But I, I just want to say one thing about the Lakers, and that is that I think that the real unsung hero of that team is Jeannie Buss, who I think is just mm. a brilliant sports mind. I think that she's someone who sat at the foot of her dad. And, you know, I mm. always like when Jeannie Buss, when I first became familiar with her and her dad was still alive and she was dating Phil Jackson and all that. And I was like, <laughs> she just seems like a nice girl. She's so cute and everything. Then I read her book, Laker Girl. Right. And got a little bit into the mind of Jeannie Buss. And now that I've seen some of the things that she's done uh, in the wake of her father's death, and you know Jeannie. Yeah. Yeah. I do know she's Jeannie. she's yeah. a brilliant 
brilliant woman. She is. Who's got so much? She's got a lot to do with where this team is going right well, now. Well, yeah, I was so glad to see her come in and actually kind of take over because uh, I think we were going in the wrong direction until she came back. I think a lot kinda, of people would agree with you. Oh yeah, that. without a doubt. <laughs> And uh, I mean, look at the first person she jumped in uh, hired was was Irvin because she knows that Irvin is a brilliant basketball mind. And then the relationship that he had with her father was like incredible relationship. So I was glad to see her do that. I mean, they made a lot of changes around there. You know, I was kind of shocked when Mitch left, but I understand what was going on. Uh, But, uh, you know, Jeannie, Jeannie knows what's going on. Jeannie is in it to win it. She's in it to win it. She really is. <laughs> yeah. Love that lady. We had to get her on yeah, this lady she would be loves sports because that right, is yeah. one who really does. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Osborne with us today on this lady loves sports and uh, Jeffrey, you really are a very good golf player. I saw the rankings for entertainers to play <laughs> golf. Have you seen that? It's uh, and I think I you see, were in the, you I were saw the, it once. You were in the uh, top I, fifteen, I, I think. I was so no, I wasn't How, in the top fifteen. Where were you? I was in the top. 50 something or something maybe okay if if we're like there's some great golfers that i was trying to give you a little i was trying to pump you up a little bit yeah i know but i you know <laughs> somebody would ask me to come and play in a tournament based on that statement like, <laughs> who's who's really good that's an entertainer uh kenny g is amazing oh that's right kenny g i think was kenny in the top g is 10 good. i'll tell you who else is really good alfonso ribeiro Alfonso uh-huh. Ribeiro is an incredible golfer. And then a lot of these athletes, you know, uh, people that come out to the tournaments, like Byron Scott. Byron's a great golfer. Ahmad Rashad's a great golfer. Uh, I see a lot of them coming through my tournament that I'm shocked at how well they play. But, uh, you know, athletes and, major, and baseball players, they can just crush a golf ball. So you're seeing these people like Reggie Smith and Mark McGuire, they're like crushing the ball. So it's it's interesting to, to play with it, and they're so competitive. How'd you oh fall in love God. with golf? You know, it's interesting. I fell in love with golf through music. Uh, I was asked to come to a country club and maybe do a 20-minute set, and they would give me a membership, a lifetime membership. And I'm like, I don't play golf. That's not interesting me. They were like, well, you know, maybe <laughs> your son wants to play. And my son was 13 at the time, and I said... Might be good. Well, your son can take lessons. So I went up and uh, I did the little set and then brought my son up to take lessons. And I'm watching him and guy said, why don't you just try it? And that's how I got into golf. So That's crazy. Yes. Now I'm like addicted. And uh, he's always been addicted, my son. So it's a, it's a great game. You know, it's it's amazing that you can actually have a celebrity golf tournament and you have people that love the sport so much, athletes and, and, and uh, entertainers that will just devote their time and just come and play and give back. And uh, that's the beauty of it. You know, I've been doing this for seven years now in Rhode Island and I've been able to give over a million dollars to charities. And uh, it's all through the game of golf. It's it's more than just a game. It's a it's an incredible social sport, and uh, it's a uh, it's a gentleman's game. You know, you learn a lot, and uh, I just feel blessed that I've been able to go back to Rhode Island and do this because you know there's so many golf tournaments out here, but it means more for me to go back home and be able to give back to the charities that I give to and to bring incredible people like magic hosts my tournament every year. So he comes back and then being an entertainer, I get Smokey to come. I get the OJs to come. I get Johnny Gill. I get Bill Bill DeVoe. I get Philip Bailey. And we jam. 
So it's more than just a golf tournament. It's now I got the entertainers and I got the athletes. <laughs> I got Magic that comes. I got Sugar Ray Leonard that comes. I got Dr. J that comes. I mean, it's just the list. It's amazing. My tournament is actually amazing. And now we brought it to Foxwoods Resort and Casino. Oh, nice. Uh, so now it's a destination. Now it's a, a desired destination. So these guys are really enjoying it because everything is right there. They got two 18-hole golf courses. This year we have a bowling tournament. We have a comedy show. Last year the comedy show was Cedric the Entertainer, Chris Tucker, and J.B. Smooth. This year we're putting together the lineup. Then this year the tournament is uh, July 29th, 30th, and 31st. The 29th is a comedy show. 30th is an afternoon. is a bowling tournament. And then we have our reception where the celebrities meet the sponsors. And then uh, Tuesday we play. Well, yeah, so it's you, a fun event. You know, Magic can't do everything. So no. I'm sure you need a, a, an MC to help out a little bit with, <laughs> with the festivities. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling you on that. I'm feeling <laughs> But you know, Jeffrey, tell, tell us a little bit about some of the charities that you support. I know growing up in Rhode Island, they, there couldn't have been a whole lot of black people no, growing up in Rhode Island. No, not a lot Island of black people were, at all. First of all, that not was, a lot of people, was, period. No. <laughs> no, it is the smallest state. <laughs> Providence. It is the smallest state. Not a lot of black people uh, you know, that's what was interesting. I, I met LTD coming through Providence. They used to be Sam and Dave's backup band. Uh -huh. Sam and Dave was huge back in the 60s. And uh, they came through and someone told me, you got to go see this band. Uh, they're playing in the club down the street. It's 10 black guys. I said, 10 black guys in a band in Rhode Island? <laughs> I got to go see this. <laughs> and so that's how it happened for me. I went down to see them the night I went to see them, their drummer was outside the club smoking weed. This was 1970. <laughs> it was a major offense. They took him to jail. I walked in the club that night. Like, Can you sit in and play drums? And So I sat in, <laughs> sang a couple songs, and that's how my career started. So, <laughs> See, just think, you could have been on the corner smoking weed, and instead you were in the club I was in playing. The, that's right, exactly. <laughs> that's awesome. Did you play so, sports when you were growing up there? I did. I played, you know, like the, with the wrecks. You know, mm -hmm. I played baseball. I played a little basketball. Uh, but most of my time was after school, was standing on the corners with my friends singing, my little singing groups. And uh -huh. I, had, I started playing drums when I was like 15. So I had these little bands. We were practicing all the time. So I didn't get as much into sports as I would have liked to because most of my time was spent, you know, I was kind of like the little child prodigy in, in mm -hmm. Rhode Island. I, I had all the jobs, all the gigs, all the bar mitzvahs. I did everything back then, you know. Because yeah, you were just a kid when you got started. Yeah, you, yeah. my first job, my first professional user. job was with the OJs when I was 15. Mm -hmm. And that was in Providence. So... That was another one of those stories. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't, well since we're talking sports. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, my charities are interesting. A lot of them are based around today's youth. You know, I have the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, it's always been a big part Very of, of my life. Very near and dear to my heart. Exactly. I have the Rhode Island Philharmonic Orchestra, which is interesting. And together we put music back in the public school systems. So I've been working with them, and, that, and that's been incredible. I have a, a St. Mary's Home for Children, and they deal with abused children. And uh, that really touched my heart when I went and saw what was going on there. Uh, I have uh, the Met School, which is an alternative uh, learning high school where you could go and you can take whatever you want to be in life. You can take classes to support that. So that's uh, yeah, a great school. And then I have a nine-hole golf course, which is called Buttonhole, which is the only golf course in Providence, which is crazy. 
And they go to the schools, and at recess, they teach the kids about the game of golf, and they give them golf lessons. And it's like the only place in Providence that that happens. So they're one of my charities. And uh, uh, the sixth charity is the Amos House, and they are an organization that take people off the streets and feed them. Every day they feed people. There's a line of people. Uh, They teach them culinary arts. Uh, and they teach them uh, carpentry, and uh, oh, they great. had a restaurant where they built everything in a restaurant. And they—it's f- an amazing organization. It's one of those community organizations that uh, that just you know it feels good. It's a safe haven for people, and so uh, that's my. Uh, so I only have six charities. I didn't want to do a bunch of charities and give people a thousand dollars, and I wanted to be able to give people money that would make a difference. And so with the six charities. Uh, we've done well. And then we do things on the side. Like we just went to Connecticut. So I went to the Connecticut Boys and Girls Club and gave them some money also. Oh, that's and, nice. Uh, you know, and then I've donated money to a lot of different projects, things that I feel like, you know, we should we should help people out right here and give a little money to. But those are my six main charities. That's and, uh, awesome. Yeah. And, you know, uh, bringing... <clears throat> Music in the schools uh, and bringing sports in the schools, which you're doing both right. of those things with the charities that you're working with. But, you know, the, the sports thing, it, just like music, teaches kids so much, even if they're never going to be professional athletes. Right, it does. You know, just the discipline you learn, teamwork. Yeah, working you know, with you learn others, how to exactly. Get, you learn how to get up when you fall down and, exactly. and start over again. And I, I think the, the only thing really harder than really, you know, being in sports and achieving like that is to be the parent of a young athlete. <laughs> Something you have also That's gone through. Yeah. And I watched you right. going there because my boyfriend's boys are friends with your boy. Right, exactly. And they played ball against each other and right. stuff. And I think that the parents were entertaining. The parents are entertaining. That's a hard and, thing, and isn't the, it? It is a hard thing. It's a hard thing to sit there and be cool. <laughs> I've seen some really out of control parents. <laughs> Now I'm going through it with my grandson. So my grandson is eight, and he's playing baseball. So we're up watching his baseball games, you know. And it's uh it's interesting. These these parents, uh, they really get into it. Your son really was was pretty good, though. My son was a great. Your basketball son was a really great basketball. Yeah, a little son, short. He was that's a little a, small. Yeah, he was five ten, trying to be a point guard. Was was great in high school. He was the leading scorer in uh, at Chatsworth High. All, you know, his name is on the wall. But then you get to college, and you're got a six five guy posting you up under the basket <laughs> it <laughs> but, becomes a little more challenging <laughs> but i know you made a lot of sacrifices to be there for a lot of those games oh and, yeah and to support that way uh in, in closing i just wanted to ask you what what it means to you now uh, when you look back and think about those opportunities that you'll never get again right. those times that you made that sacrifice to be there for your son you know it's those are the most precious years that you know ever to be able it's it's just such a bonding time with you and and I love it. I mean, I do everything with my son. We play golf together, we fly fish, we we go out and we're doing fly fishing. We do everything. I did not together. know about the fly fishing. Oh yeah, I'm a serious fisherman. I'm seriously into it. And uh together we took fly fishing lessons and we go out and we throw that fly and we catch trout and then we go to uh, the ocean like we go to Martha's Vineyard every summer and we're catching striped bass with uh, it's it's just amazing it's you know I have to say I've written 90% of my lyrics while I have been out on the water in nature wow. fishing it's the most peaceful thing and it's just me my music I take it out there I, my headset's on and I'm fishing and 
I write 90% of my lyrics that way. But Who yeah, knew? sports sports has been uh <laughs> it's amazing uh how you actually can bond so much with with your kids uh, through sports and th- through life in general, but uh sports is one of those things where you watch them, you watch their competitive energy, you watch how they work with other people. Uh and it's uh it's it's a great sports is just a, a wonderful thing, you know. Gotta say, yeah. uh, Jeffrey Osborne has a brand new release too. Can't have you here without mentioning that. It's called Worth It. Right, worth it all. And worth right. it all. And it is absolutely amazing. It's on Mac Avenue Records. Right. And, uh, just appreciate you, Jeffrey, being a oh, part of man. my podcast. Here. I appreciate you having me on. <laughs> this is great. This lady loves sports, and she loves Jeffrey Osborne. I'm, too. I'm impressed that uh, this lady is so really seriously into sports. <laughs> Go ahead, Pat. Go I'm ahead. Pat Prescott, and I am serious. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.